What up, what up? Jimmy Murray here with Frank Panolano, and we are the Cashflow Kings. The Cashflow Kings podcast discusses money, finance, mindset, and investing with an emphasis on cash flowing real estate. Thanks for joining the Cashflow Kings, and welcome to our new episode, Midterm Rentals with Vivian Yip. So we've got a Cashflow Queen on the podcast today, guys. Um, super excited to have Vivian Yip. She is an investor based out of Austin, Texas, who has dove deep into midterm rentals. Vivian, welcome. Thank you so much, Frank and Jimmy. I'm excited excited to be here in this male dominated space. <laughs> yeah. I actually know there's a lot more women joining real estate and I'm so excited about it. Um, yes, but thank you for having me here. What I think that's so cool. Like we, um, locally, um, we just brought a, an assistant property manager into my core business and, um, it was cool because I was like, Hey, listen, we've got this really badass woman investors group in Rhode Island. Like you should go sit with them. And she's like, I met so many cool people that first time. I was like, this is so cool. Yeah. We, I actually <laughs> am the co-leader of invest her here in Austin okay. and we have a great crowd. Like we have beginner investors all the way up to the most advanced builders and stuff like this. It's just really a great group of people. So I always recommend, you know, women uh, join InvestHer. No offense to the guys or anything like that, but we like to keep it a community of women. That way we feel like it's a safe space to ask questions and we just love that bonding. Yeah. Well, sometimes you see those old with like the realtors and like the, the old guy realtors and the baggy suits and like people think that's a real, like for a bunch of old dudes, but like, no, nah, it's for young millennials females, anybody. Best totally. wealth there is. Yep, absolutely. So when are we starting the Rhode Island? Well, I can't start the Rhode Island chapter, but I can put you in touch with a couple of people. No, I thought maybe the the chapter that you recommended her to go to was Investor, maybe. But I got it. We have some women's investor groups around. Well, I'll have to talk to Desi and ask her. Yeah, Desi. So, so what are your burning questions on midterm rentals? Yeah, like, I mean, you did, obviously at some point you decided to dive into midterm rentals. Like, where, like once you make that decision, where do you go? Oh, man, let's take you back to like a time in 2017 when I was working at Apple. I spent almost seven years at Apple in operation. So my last stint was launching the iPhone 12. Whoa, during- so this is like, this is recent then. Yeah, this is like the last five years at this is all kind of snowballed into what it is today. But, you know, five, five and a half years ago, I decided that working a full-time job, working super long hours, being super stressed. I launched the iPhone 12 during an, the pandemic. So as God, you can imagine, that's, that's going to be crazy. Like Apple's hero product when supply chains were broken globally and, you know, expected to deliver that iPhone when Apple says it's going to land at your doorstep. Otherwise, <laughs> Twitter blows up, right? Tim yeah. Cook didn't deliver the iPhone is promised. And you know what? It wasn't an excuse that there was a pandemic happening. So every single day I was going through, um, well, this is in 20, this is in 2020 when I was launching the iPhone, but back in 2017, I was already thinking about like, how would my life look if I didn't have to ask for another day off, if I could quit corporate life. And, um, that's when we started. I love that perspective. Yeah. And then we started people like, when you take your last vacation, I'm like, I like what I do. Like, this is fun. Yeah. But I would truly believe that I live a life that I design now because we, my husband and I, we put our thoughts together in our minds and thought, what can we do to get out of the rat race? Yeah. And since he's super handy, you know, he learned, you know, back he's 47. So back in high school, they had trade courses and he learned how to build a house by the time he was 20. I mean, I don't even know why they don't have these anymore. They should. Absolutely. Like not everyone is built for college. These kids would all be, if I mean, I joke with my dad. I'm like, I would have been a millionaire way sooner if you had to send me to plumbing school. Like, totally. Like, you know, the you can figure out the finance stuff. That's had, my plumber has an, uh, an Olympic sized pool in his house. But long story short, <laughs> see in the back, I have all these photos. 
we started flipping houses and we flipped and flipped and flipped. And then finally we're like, you know what, on our sixth property, let's try and keep this one. But with taxes and mortgages, expensive, like rental rates in Austin has never caught up to the purchase price. It's very expensive to buy here. And it's That's very super hard to cash flow. That's right? super interesting. Yeah, yeah it's super hard it's, to cash flow. In Rhode Island, it used to be like that. Um, we used to manage maybe a handful of like accidental landlords, like inherited from a parent. They're like, hey, we want to keep it for cash flow. Maybe we'll use it at a family home later, whatever else. But it was always rentals were always priced 10% per month below what an owner-occupied mortgage would be. It wasn't until recently that that's kind of shot up. I think that's really driven by inventory. Because yeah. even though my understanding, and keep me honest, we interviewed Andre from Austin, Frank? On Bustamante, yep. And I new, feel like for a while, Austin was kind of struggling to keep up with the inventory, but there are a lot of builders down there that have let it rip recently. But <clears throat> that's interesting that it hasn't really caught up. Yeah. I mean, even till this day, it's like a two to 2.5 X rule. Like there's our percent rule. There's, everyone talks about the 1% and everyone talks about cash flowing in Austin and realtors just laugh and say, there's no such thing. But How do you, well, I call it shit on Facebook the other day for saying the 1% rule is trash in the investors group. So it is, it is. But I, I, this is my, my friend from Austin. I'm calling, I'm tagging Vivian next time because a female investor that came after me. I'm like, nope, I'm going to take Vivian and be like, you tell her, go take care of her. <laughs> but I, uh, on our sixth property, I was like, you know what? I, I want to turn this into a short term rental. And so I did because I, you know, spent um, my high school year as an intern at a hotel and I loved hospitality. Can't afford a hotel, but I can afford a house. So why not just do that? And so I turned my sixth property into, into a short-term rental, did phenomenal with it. And then the pandemic hit. Oh. And do you guys wow, have any sorry. short-term rentals at all? I don't. Okay. Frank is a hotel. Oh. Yes. Sorry. So. That's great. I, I, have a, I have a couple <laughs> short-term rentals, but keep going. <laughs> short-term rentals in during the pandemic, Airbnb was canceling reservations on behalf of hosts, no matter what the cancellation policy oh. was. I had a strict cancellation policy. But they would, you know, the guests would call and say, I can't make it, or I don't feel comfortable, I don't feel safe, or whatever it is. And by all means, I I in some ways I do feel like they did the right thing because it was a really scary time for a lot of people. Yeah, it was. But from but from an investor perspective, I was relying on that revenue to pay for my mortgage. So what do I do if 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 someone's canceling my reservation? So I I uh, called a friend of mine, an investor in San Diego. And he said, you know, I've been renting to travel nurses. Why don't you give that a try? I was like, never even heard of this, but let's give it a try. It was 99 bucks, um, listed on a different platform, do 30 day stays. And my husband being a realtor here in Austin, uh, I was able to leverage him and put the property on MLS. And next thing you know, I have like a, a three month booking for a family that was moving from California. And That's then after so interesting. And then another one came in, a group of three construction guys from Dallas. They needed a place for to stay for seven months. So here I am. I get to cash flow. I get to stay in hospitality. I get to have the tax depreciation and deductions on my property. And I get to leverage appreciation at the same time. Yep. So when I think about people saying you can't cash flow in Austin, I thought I found the secret. I think I think you did. So let's let's talk through the numbers a little bit. Actually, so two things. Let's talk platform. So you mentioned a platform and then to MLS. It sounds like MLS is the winner. And then after that, like let's talk about <clears throat> your property, what it would be if it was a long-term lease, mid-term lease, and then short-term. So people can kind of understand the numbers here. Yeah. At the time, the long-term lease was about $1,600 a month. Okay. How many bedrooms was this? Three bedrooms, two baths. 
And the midterm lease was anywhere between, actually, I got $3,800 from the first family per yeah, month. Per month. Furnished. Fully furnished, all utilities included, all the lawn care. And wow. then the construction teams, their budget was lower, but I was willing to work with them because they were staying for so long. And they paid $3,200. And they also mowed I mean, you're home. doubling what a long-term rental would be. That's incredible. Totally. But there's even a bigger secret behind this. I love it. Let's. And that is... Um, waiting you know, with bated breath over here. <laughs> supporting global relocation firms, supporting insurance housing requests. So That's it. That's the big one. Yeah. And everyone talks about travel nurses, which I love travel nurses. They do. They, I have a couple properties that are in the lower price range that can support the travel nurse budget. But most of the investors that I work with and all the, the larger properties that I have, my cost basis is in the $3,000 range. And to make it worthwhile for me, I'm renting it in the four five to $7,000 range. Sounds so, like you cracked the code there, right? I all feel right, like so I have. This is, this is super helpful. All right. So MLS is a good start in start negotiating there. You talk about global relocation firms and insurance. Uh, I'm not sure what term you use, but uh, insurance displacement housing. Perfect. All right. So I buy something or I'm flipping something. I'm like, all right, let me hold it as a midterm rental. How do I start finding those people? Like where would I start? Am I Googling global relocation companies? Uh, first and foremost, you need to be on Airbnb. Got it. With Airbnb, you can set your settings up to a 30-day stay. And by the way, when you do 30-day stays, except for like a couple places in Florida, it's pretty much no permits are needed. There's no regulation around it. So in the city of Austin, where there's only 2,000 permits, you know, you can run a midterm rental totally legally. And you don't have to file hotel occupancy taxes. So first and foremost, you do Airbnb. Then you do Verbo, because obviously those guys have the biggest marketing budgets. And 25% of the nights booked on Airbnb are for 30 days and more. So this is more time. That one took a second to register. I think people are going to want to hear the the stat that came out of Bigger Pockets conference is that this is last year, 25% of nights booked on Airbnb are for stays for 30 days and more. Wow. Huge. So there is a very active market for this. Totally. Um, but you know, it's a lot of people are suffering in the short-term rental space. And starting to really think about midterm rentals as the next best option before thinking about selling. So, so we're I think that's a way uh, that September the inventory issue, I don't know if it's the same down in Austin, but like, I think that's the way that the inventory issue opens up with a midterm rental. Hey, I'm going to sell my single family, hopefully at a top dollar, I'm going to rent for six months until I find something else. Because that's why people won't sell. Like, well, if I sell, there's no inventory for me to go find something. Mm-hmm. It's a great place for people to transition to. Like I've housed a lot of people that were renovating or people that just come to Austin, don't know where they want to live uh, until they want to check out the school districts and neighborhoods. You know, they don't want to commit to anything right away. So they stay in temporary housing. In fact, I relocated with Apple in 2014 and I stayed in, in um, temporary housing, but I stayed in an apartment and it wasn't as nice as my the home that I came from. I think that I could deliver a much better experience by putting them in a whole home for the same price. And so we're uh, recording this in September 2023 uh, in the early side. Uh, New York City uh, just eliminated Airbnbs. Oh, my uh, God. They just switched. Because oh. I know, because I'm actually speaking at a conference in November, and uh, we couldn't find anything. We couldn't figure out why. And then we found out that you have to do at least 30 days or longer. You can't have more than two people in a unit. 
and all these different things. It's like, wow. Because all the doors have to be unlocked and the host has to be physically in the property at yes. all times. I mean, the and like people's Airbnb accounts are actually getting disabled. What? It's wild. It is wild it what's is happening wild. in New York. Not to get political, but I mean, like this is where capitalism is led. Capitalism has become a dirty word. Like, like I think part of capitalism is like chasing the American dream trying to set up your family for more success. Like, hey, listen, if I can save a couple of bucks, provide a safe place for people to travel and live in when they come to my city, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's a great spot for folks to be entrepreneurs, to generate some long-term wealth. Or, hey, maybe it helps me send my kids to private school every year, or maybe it helps me take my family on another vacation. Right. <clears throat> and just like the government overreach on this stuff, I guess I'm showing my libertarian roots here. Like, geez, like just let people, let like if it's not hurting anybody, right? Well, well the argument is it is hurting. Well, it's hurting the hotels and lobbyists, right? Well, not just that. Hotels, it's hurting affordability. Affordable housing. I'll buy that. I can buy in on that one. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. But even in, even in that circumstance, if we want to kind of run around that bush a couple of times, like affordable housing, maybe not in New York, but in other areas, can you incentivize developers to go build affordable housing? Totally. I mean, opportunity zones and tax credits and whatnot. To there's yeah. lots of different ways to slice it, but... I think there's just so much hatred towards uh, Airbnb in that area. I mean, it was, it was, it's hard. <laughs> it's almost like that. It's almost like, um, I don't know how, what I want to call it, but like <clears throat> you see somebody went in on Instagram and you're like, damn, I wish that was me. Damn, all right. Let's just shut that down. Right. Like, no, oh, it's like, let, let, you go ask them how they won. Mm -hmm. That's how I am. If I see somebody winning in something that I think is cool that I want to do, I'd be like, Hey Vivian, like, how'd you do that? Can you coach me? Can I pay you for coaching? Like, how, how do I do that? Yeah. <clears throat> back really quickly you had mentioned um you know how where else you can get those bookings well the truth is a lot of uh insurance bookings for instance even the relocation firms they like to work with business to businesses a lot okay. sometimes you'll get an inquiry for um displaced housing but a lot of the times you know it's it's all about the relationship side of things so but Always, this every, is real stuff, right? totally but everybody can input their their properties into the six major databases you just you find them, there's ALE Solutions and Temporary Housing Directory, Sedgwick, Premier Housing Directory. There's all those guys. Um, but, you know, it's hard to get their attention with just one or two properties. That makes sense. You know, because that's something that they can go back to repeatedly. That yeah, hasn't. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you, um, like for us, like we, we've curated a, a private portfolio of properties and I actually have my own platform. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah, for a shout out here. It's corporaterentalsusa.com. Money. And we have curated a collection of beautiful homes with the best hosts and they pay us a membership fee to be on our website and we market it for them every week and we negotiate those contracts for the homeowners. Um these are this is a, a program for busy busy professionals. There's awesome coaching programs out there on how to do this. But the truth is not everybody can carve out time to make 50 to 80 phone calls a week and that's what it takes. Think about this though. Most people are going to hear that. They're going to think it's a lot. <clears throat> but honestly, how much time do you think that takes you every week to make the 50 to 80 phone calls? Tons of time. I have I have a total of 11 properties. Mm -hmm. And even for me, I made phone calls every day and then trying to organize your notes and who you talk to. I don't have a mojo dialer or anything like that. You know, I don't have an auto dialer that helps me do this stuff. And I still had to, it took me months to get my first booking. It's took, yeah. taking months to get like that. I'm now getting a steady inflow of leads coming in for the Austin, um, Austin, Chicago, Dallas, and Houston markets and San Antonio as well. So how did you find the landlords? Your platform is incredible. Um, the website's Thank super you. clean. And I love the fact that as soon as I started scrolling down, it gave me the push of like, hey, call or drop an email here. That was, love that. 
um the websites that i own i gotta go add a couple of those um how did you like find these landlords is it through these same style of phone calls that you're like hey do you want to come on my platform as well i spend a ton of time traveling and doing presentations so i go to title companies i go to superhost meetups like airbnb meetup groups and really just um show showing people that there's another side of the business that's a lot less touched than short-term rental yeah. and be just as lucrative. Yeah, absolutely. You're delivering, service. You're delivering a service. Like my brand is Hestia. Do you guys know who Hestia is? Outside of Greek brand. Of- Greek goddess. Greek goddess of, of, home. of home, of hospitality, hearth and home. That's badass. And, and I wanted <laughs> to gather all the best hosts to come and operate under one brand. That way, when we present this brand to a company, they already know what they're going to get. So like if you go on booking.com and you see like a thousand hotels, mm-hmm. you know that if you're looking for that luxury experience for a honeymoon with your with your to-be wife, you're going to choose a Ritz-Carlton or a JW Marriott. But if you're just going with your buddies to go you know, road tripping and jeeping somewhere, you might pick a La Quinta or a Motel 6 or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, if you're just doing a family trip, you might do a Hilton Hotel or a Spring Hill Suites or whatever you call it. Um, but branding positions your property in someone's head. And it says that if I'm if I'm displaced or I'm relocating and I want something that is going to replace my current home, I'm going to pick a brand that fits my avatar and what my taste is. So my goal was to create a brand that represents what my home started as. And I'm not the only one that's doing a good job. I know there's plenty of other people that can do the same thing as me. And then we qualify them, we vet them, we go through their house, we open up all their drawers, we check for scuff marks, and we audit the properties. And you know, we make sure that the brand represents that home represents our brand that we present out to these insurance companies and and relocation firms. I think that's probably one of the most important things that you said. A lot of people in today's day and age are so focused on quantity over quality. Yeah. But what they don't realize is they stay focused on the quality, like you saying you open every single drawer and you want to, you know, or you go through these audits. When you're able to meet that steady level of quality, that's when your cash flow becomes super consistent. Right. And we train our hosts to be the best hosts. Like I'm telling them to be meticulous, right? Have you ever walked into an Airbnb where when you open up the kitchen cabinets and all the labels of the spices are all faced the same way and they're perfectly Uh, never (laughs) never (laughs) but even if you just saw that wouldn't you be kind of delighted oh yeah absolutely i'd be like oh wow this host really cares i was in costa rica last summer and the cleaner had just stopped by my sister-in-law's place and when i walked into the bathroom i just squealed because there was a like there was a flower a 3d flower that was stamped in toilet paper on my toilet paper roll. And I was like, that is the kind of hospitality I want in my business. Right, you're like, oh wow, they took the time to do that. This must be a super clean bathroom, like love it. Absolutely. So that is one of the drawbacks to Airbnb and the short-term rentals that they have is that there's no consistency between different hosts in the same market. Absolutely. And you know what? A lot of the times when a guest has a bad experience, they just don't even leave a review. Yeah. So we're adding, you know, you know, we're still working on our quality program. Um, it's still in the beginning phases, but we're really trying hard to get in there, do a tour, meticulously go through things, 
just to make sure that guest is going to have a great experience because it's a reflection on me. It's the brand that I created, you know, and it's important to me. I say the same thing to our landlords in the long-term property management business. I'm like, listen, tenants know when they go to market, they expect a certain quality in terms of what we push out into the market. And that's why we're able to attract great tenants. So if you complete your own turnover and it's below that quality standard, like, hey, listen, we're going to have to move on. Correct. What do you mean? And that's why you fire certain landlords because they're not willing to do the quality you need. Right. I'm like, hey, listen, your quality is actually going to impair the ability of all the the clients I represent. So we've got to make sure that we maintain that high level of quality because we've created the brand to attract those quality tenants. And as yeah. soon as, I mean, word gets out fast and all of a sudden, you know, vacancy starts uh, <clears throat> eating up more days and costing more money and we're trying to backpedal on why and it all comes back to quality. Mm-hmm. So important to stay focused on that quality. Yeah. And then, and when you do a good job with quality and you create a business model that's responsive and easy to do business with, I mean, I think that's a value that you can bring a company like ALE Solutions, for instance, right? Especially because there's only like a hundred of them that support the whole nation. Can you imagine what happens if during an event like Hurricane Harvey or Katrina or whatever, there's hundreds of thousands of people that are displaced. Do they want to call each individual owner to see, hey, is your property available? Or hey, is your property available? They want to work with businesses that have the inventory, that have the call a certain level of quality because it makes their job easier, right? Because if a, if a if a family chooses a home and shows up and decides, well, I didn't like that because it's not clean or it's not this or not that, then they have to go back to the relocation housing specialist and they have to go find another house qualify them, get the appointment schedule, get the walkthrough. I mean, like by trying to deliver a brand experience, I think, I think it makes their job easier. I, I think, think it so. makes sense. Yeah. Well, they're protected, right? Yeah. When they bring their clients to you, they're going to be protected on some level because of the quality they know that you provide. Yeah. So I get like, as we're going through this, like obviously numbers sound great. Brand quality sounds awesome. You figured out the game in terms of all the players in the space. You've created a really incredible website, but like where I get stuck is, all right, so I know that if I have a tenant move out on one of my long-term rentals, that's going to be turned over in 14 to 30 days. Like we've got it down to a science. Mm-hmm. So when you have a midterm rental client move out, what is like the average vacancy that you see? And like, what's what's that time in between tenants look like? Well, uh, depends on their length of stay. But generally speaking, there's a lot more wear and tear in a in a midterm rental because it's not like a long-term rental where the wear and tear is happening on your walls and stuff and your floors, mm-hmm. but it's also happening to your furniture. That so you want to make sure you're probably getting, giving yourself, you know, two to three days to turn it over. That means like vacuuming your, vacuuming your couches, maybe even steam cleaning them, mm-hmm. steam cleaning the carpets or the rugs, uh, just getting that, um, you know, great quality back up to standard mm-hmm. and replacing some linens because there will be lots of stains on your towels, whether it's from people <laughs> yeah. not removing their makeup on their white, on your white towels or whatever it is like uh so there is a little bit more time like i i would say you should not just hire a short-term rental cleaner that's going to spend three hours in your place but have someone that's going to come in for you know six to eight hours with the team mm-hmm. and go through yeah. everything that makes sense yeah so two i would say at least two days that makes sense jimmy so- i wonder if we have anybody like that that's actually cleaning in our market right now like doing that full deep clean that vivian's talking about i've we've got an in-house cleaner at lion if anybody's listening to this and uh only in-house for our current clients but like our cleaner when she started with us she does something very similar with the toilet paper and she didn't think i was going to pick up on it i'm like that was incredible like how she's like no it takes me two minutes but it shows like i actually put the care into it so when you're telling your story i was like yeah we have we have a cleaner that's really good like that so even on like the tenant turnovers for long-term tenants, she's been going in and doing things like that. Oh, that's so great. I love it. it increases the level of quality. Mm-hmm. But Vivian, what's the biggest challenge in your business right now? Managing my time. 
That's me, but that's me. I actually just trying to interview a uh, executive assistant today just to do more time blockage for me because I'm in hyper growth mode right now. It's if it's not my staff needing my time, um, it's it's my family. If it's not my family, it's investors. It's it's just crazy right now. <clears throat> but my business, um, I think, really just finding the business to business relationships to reach out to and uh, nurturing those relationships. Right, so. I just spent the last six weeks developing the systems and processes in the back end so that I can step out of the business and focus more on the strategic stuff. So I feel really happy and accomplished about that part, but there's still so much more to do. Always spoken, yeah. spoken like a real business owner, right? Yeah. You're like, hey, listen, we've gone to a cool spot, but I want to go here. And I know it's going to take a lot more work and a lot more people, but like, we're going to keep getting after it. I'm in here for the slow game. Like I'm probably one of the grittiest people you ever meet, you know, and I'm, I'm all about that delayed gratification. So I'm good with, uh, you know, just plugging away every single day. Love that. You, you're making me think of Alex Hormozzi. He talks about, he's like, listen, the reason why I'm going to beat you guys every day of the week is because you're playing in minutes, hours, and days. I'm playing in decades, right? That's what you're saying. Hey, I'm going to show up every day and put in the work, but I'm I'm playing the long game here. Yeah. I think that's huge. Yeah. So do you guys want to get a Hestia home yet? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I'm looking, I'm looking at the website. I like, this is really good. They're really all really good. nice. Like you, when you, when you come into the website, you're like, oh, that's a Hestia home. Do you require professional photography? Uh, yes. But some Sometimes we missed the mark on it because we had to locate a home um, which wasn't in our inventory, and okay. we had to we had to uh, position them in the in the website quickly. We, and we moved a family in really fast. Yeah, I no, actually no. had our negotiation skills can be mind blowing sometimes because we get really good rates for some of our investors, and they don't know what it is until we present the proposal to them. Fair enough. I actually had an investor in Waco call the Better Business Bureau on me just to check if we're a real company because they're like, I can't, this can't be true. You know, they were getting <laughs> they were getting forty one hundred dollars a month on Airbnb. B&B. And if I remember correctly, I think their contract I got them was sixty five hundred a month. Wow, for many months. And most people probably think that short term makes more than medium term, midterm. You know, if you have a lake property or it's on an ocean front with a swimming pool and you know all those great amenities, you'll probably do much better as a short term rental. But if you have a boring property like mine, it's just in an urban community with great schools and good location, I'll probably do better as a midterm rental than a short term. That makes sense. I mean, I mean, you must have known that I'm looking at a house with a swimming pool, the sweet water house. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm scrolling through the photos it's gorgeous. here. Gorgeous. Yeah. But uh guy, I'm that just guy impressed was with Marriott. Um he was at Marriott Hotels for 15 years and he's got five properties with me. Yeah. I mean and, oh that's a good story too. He's been he's been doing midterm rentals for a while now and short term rentals. The contract that I got him recently was higher than any monthly contract he's ever gotten. Love that. I, I even love like the old stove in this one. Like it looks just so cool. Vivian, do you have any concerns, um, you know, as this part of the midterm rental business keeps growing? Um, I know uh, we, we see some of the short-term rental saturation. Do you have any concerns on that in the midterm? Uh, I think that if the professional hosts continue to differentiate themselves from the person that just thought of an Airbnb as an easy investment, I think that they'll they'll do better than the ones that just think that they can throw a bunch of used furniture in a property and uh, drop a key in a, in a key box. And, you know, I, I think that the ones that take hosting professionally will do fine. I agree. Cream's going to rise to the top. Yeah. It's like these landlords that buy multifamilies. They're like, oh, I'll just print money. I don't have to do anything. I'll get, yeah. I'll get my check on the first of the month every month. It's like, no, you got to take care of it. Like, treat it like a business. It Show is people a that business. Care. Yeah, it is it, a business. And it's a lot of work to keep it going. Yes. 
Um, you have an amazing brand. Uh, any tips on the SEO side? You know, that's a really good question. Oh, I, I love how excited she just got. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so before it was CorporateRentalsUSA.com, it was actually CorporateRentalsAustin.com because I was trying to prove a concept and trying to get, just make sure that my idea wasn't completely crazy because I literally woke up one day, I'm like, Hmm. Furnished finder is not satisfying what I need. And I can't buy all the properties. Why don't I create a brand? Why don't I create a website? So that's kind of like the momentum my head went through. So I bought the domain Corporate Rentals Austin. And within six months, with zero money spent on search engine optimization or marketing, I was first page on Google search. Whoa. Incognito for corporate rentals in Austin. I was like, that's kind of brilliant. So let's do Corporate Rentals USA, which I was shocked that nobody owned. Yeah. So now I own it. And, uh, and I, we're still seeing we just transitioned over in uh, early July so we're still trying to see if it's going to make the same path so zero money spent on search engine optimization and and I'm hoping just the name in itself is going to suffice good yeah I'm excited to hear how that story plays out for sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, we've got a, a few questions that we ask everybody. So Frank's gonna Frank's gonna work through those and I'm excited to hear your responses. There you go. So first question is, if someone wants to become a better investor, what would you recommend? Uh, to be a better investor, I guess that depends on what stage they're at, but I can tell you my secret sauce to investing is just networking. When they say yeah. your network is your net worth, it is absolutely true. And you are the uh, middle of the five people you hang out with. And it's, um, it's done so many great things for me. I I meet people I, you know, these podcasts are great. Like I get to meet people like you guys, um, running the investor group here in Austin, working with investors all the time and learning what the big people are doing and then inspiring what the little guys are doing. I think all of it's important and it's definitely the secret sauce to success in real estate because they say that success is attracted, not created. Here we go. Power of the universe. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting there. Frank's like, how do we find all these people that believe in power of the universe? And there it is. <laughs> Next it. question. Uh, what is one book that you've read lately that you consider a must read? Uh, for my business, it is. Oh, pulling it off the bookshelf. Let's go. Unreasonable Hospitality. Huh. It is a super good read. It talks about it talks about Will Gadera, who was the, uh, I think it was manager or general manager of a restaurant called 11 Madison Park. So if you're a foodie, you'll know that was the number one restaurant in New York City for like decades. Well, they started in 50th position and they made themselves number one. And that's the story of how they did it was with unreasonable hospitality. Like I get goosebumps when I think about the things they did. It's really crazy, but so inspiring. I love it because I haven't heard of that book and uh, my uh, business partner in the hotel and I will both have to read it. So Yeah, it's a very easy read. Super important there. This is where people get lost. A lot of people, if they go and get started in real estate, they're looking at all the major players in the real estate space. What I tell our team all the time is I'm like, look, in pe- look at people in different industries and figure out what they're doing and try to bring it into whatever space that you're in. And it's exactly what you did, right? I know that hospitality is similar, but if they're running a restaurant and they did these things like, okay, how do I bring that into my midterm rental business? And that's how you lead the pack. If you're always chasing number one and you're looking at number one and trying to mirror what they're doing, you're never going to lead the pack. You're going to figure out what number one's doing in these other industries. And that's Mm -hmm. how you're going to be able to break that top. Yep. Nice. Uh, Last question. Uh, What do you want to be when you grow up? Which means five or 10 years down the road, where do you see you in your business? I would love to help first and foremost other people that are trying to break free from the rat race you learn how to invest in real estate and cash flow in markets that they never thought were possible midterm rentals gave me enough income to quit my job when i lost all my hair from stress 
I lost my hair in eight to 10 weeks. It was devastating. Whoa. Absolutely devastating. Like I couldn't look in the mirror anymore because I was afraid of what would look back at me. And instead of looking at the mirror and focusing on things and the negative energy it was giving me to look in the mirror, I just put my head down in the computer and I hunted for real estate deals until I could find enough to turn into midterm rentals. And it surprised me what the results were because I was able to, I I make like $120,000 just on six properties, six midterm rentals. That's not, that's not including the the short-term rentals that I I own and manage. Um, But that was like, that's like my baseline. It's of semi-passive income that let me quit my job. Obviously it doesn't replace all my, my salary at Apple, but it gave me options to quit when I needed to. Yeah. And I want to help people find that power by doing through through real estate like midterm rentals. Love that. And then hopefully one day we'll be able to build our business and our network strong enough that people won't have to rely on traditional OTAs to run their business and dictate how they run their business. Heck yeah. Let's go. Yeah. All right. So on a I enjoyed this podcast probably, I don't know, hopefully the listeners enjoyed it a ton, but selfishly, like this was awesome. You are a wealth of knowledge and you bring a ton of excellent energy. Um, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you outside of the podcast or learn more about your company, your business, what's the best way? Do you have an Instagram handle, Facebook follow? My Instagram is Corporate Rentals USA and my Facebook group is called Midterm Rental Wealth. So they Ooh. can find me there. And we do lots of training like Furnish Finders and all those other guys are going to teach you how to run your midterm rental business. I do training on how to optimize your listings, how to run your business operationally, how to become uh, operationally touch-free, how to de-risk your business. There's tons of things that I'm building in there. And uh, I hope that I can build some really great operators that want to elevate and become a Hestia home. So you guys heard Vivian, she just gave you the spot to find all the sauce if you're looking to have a successful midterm rental business. We hope that you guys enjoyed this episode of the Cashflow Kings podcast. In between podcasts, check us out on Instagram Cashflow or Facebook. Queens. Cashflow Queens. <laughs> Cashflow Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Um, check out our daily content on Instagram under the Cashflow Kings. Vivian's going to trademark Cashflow Queens. Cheers to your success. Thank you so much. No problem. The Cashflow Kings podcast is for basic entertainment purposes only. We do not give official legal tax or investment advice.